Andy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. We hope you enjoyed Ted Bundy and the Golden State Killer. We sure did. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so to kick off the season, we're going to do something a little different, and then we'll get back to our normal stuff. But Claire... Let's tell them about the class we're in right now. Sure. So just so you guys know, Randy and I are senior journalism students, if you didn't already know that. And we are in a cold case investigative journalism class together. And as a part of the class, we were assigned to go out and actually investigate um, an actual open cold case here in Colorado. And we selected a case um, from Greeley that's been open for like, 35 35 years Um, and it was reopened this past December some new information popped out so we decided to do a little journalistic investigating Um, and yeah so Randy tell us a little bit about the project that we're going to do in addition to that Okay, so our whole class is essentially building a website about this cold case, but we're all kind of contributing different parts to it. So Claire and I were like, we'll do a podcast, you know, (laughs) obviously, of course, but obviously out of context of this podcast, it would be weird for us to be like having weird side combos and like giggling the whole time and talking about sociopaths and all this, all this stuff that really isn't pertinent to the actual case (laughs) for our class. Yeah, so we're going to tell you the story of Jonelle Matthews, which is the case we're working on for our class, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be in a very serious, actual journalistic podcast manner, so don't get weirded out. It's just for this one episode, (laughs) and we hope you enjoy it. Um, Yes. After this case, we'll jump back into our normal you know, routine. you know, our normal thing. Yes. We've got some cool cases for you. It's so. going to be awesome. It will. Anyways. <laughs> so get ready. Get ready for Janelle, Janelle Matthews. Matthews. <laughs> Janelle Matthews was born on February 2nd, 1972 in California. When she was only one month old, she was adopted by the Matthews family. Her birth mother was only 13 when she gave birth to Janelle and put her up for adoption immediately. Janelle knew about her real parentage, and according to an article by the Denver Post, she had talked to several of her friends about wanting to reconnect with her birth mother. Janelle grew up as a very outgoing and personable little girl. She was raised in the Sunnyview Church of Nazarene in Greeley, Colorado, and she was only in seventh grade when she disappeared in 1984, and she had just gotten braces. She was a really popular student and sang in the Franklin Middle School Honor Choir in addition to singing to the choir at church. On Friday, December 20th, 1984, Janelle and her father grabbed a quick bite to eat at a fast food restaurant before Jim Matthews, her dad, dropped Janelle off at Franklin Middle School. The honor choir was going to sing for a broadcasted concert put on by a local bank called IntraWest Bank. The students were bussed up to the bank together from the middle school. The show was called The Cable Vision Holiday Wish, and there is a video clip that was released this past year by the Greeley Police Department. The footage was originally broadcasted from a local channel in Greeley. The footage of the concert was released in December 2018. According to the current lead detective, Robert Cash, the new footage does not include any new information, but it has revitalized interest in the investigation. Jennifer Matthews, Janelle's sister, was 16 at the time Janelle went missing and was on the girls' basketball team at Greeley Central High School, according to the Denver Post. According to the Greeley Tribune, Jim, Janelle's adoptive father, was attending Jennifer's basketball game that night after he had dropped off Janelle at Franklin Middle. 
Jim was a principal at Platte Valley Elementary School in Kersey, which is just 20 minutes outside of Greeley. The concert ended and Janelle's friend, Deanna Ross, was giving her a ride home. Russell Ross, Deanne's father, drove Janelle back to her house, dropping her off at 8 p.m. Russell noticed that the garage door had been left open, but he watched Janelle head up the steps and into the house before heading home with his daughter. Both Deanna and Russell Ross would confirm that they both saw her go into the house before they left the premises. Lieutenant Paul Branham told the Denver Post that they both confirmed seeing Janelle enter, so this means Janelle might have been abducted while inside the house. Janelle had been wearing a dark gray skirt, a red shirt, dark gray vest, and a light blue ski jacket, according to the Ross's statements. Janelle entered the house and turned on the TV. She had put the space heater in the middle of the room, which, according to her family, she did often, and she had reportedly put on her mom's slippers. Her house is located at 320 43rd Avenue Court, according to the Denver Post, and was in a safe part of town called Pheasant Run. When looking at a map of the neighborhood, there are two parks located quite close to the house. Apple Park is directly across from the house and is pretty small, and about two blocks down is Pheasant Run Park, which is a little bigger, but not by much. At the time of her disappearance, the neighborhood was relatively new. That meant that there were quite a few open spaces around the house, including a large open area behind the house. At around 8.30 p.m., Janelle picks up a phone call from a teacher at Platte Valley Elementary saying that she was not feeling well and wouldn't be able to make it into work, so Jim Matthews, the principal, would need to find a substitute teacher. Janelle said that she would relay the message, and according to an article by Mike Peters, Janelle wrote this down on a notepad near the phone. At 9.30 p.m., Jim Matthews returns home from the basketball game. When he walked in, the lights were on and the TV was still going. He saw the space heater had been moved and that Janelle's shoes were by the easy chair she usually sat in when watching TV, according to the Denver Post. But Janelle wasn't in the house. Everything was still in the right place. Nothing had been taken or disturbed, but Janelle wasn't anywhere to be seen. Jim checked the whole house, but he couldn't find her. Lieutenant Branham would tell the Denver Post that there was no sign of a break-in or a struggle, but there was evidence to suggest that there was foul play, this information has not been disclosed. At first, Jim assumed Janelle went to maybe go see a neighbor, but was worried because Janelle usually wrote a note to say when she was leaving the house. According to the Denver Post, Jim would go up and wrap a few Christmas presents and sort of wait to see if Janelle would come home. At around 10 p.m., Jennifer came home from her game, and Jim stated to her that he couldn't find Janelle. Gloria Matthews, Janelle's mother, was out of town in California visiting her father, so it was just Jim, Jennifer, and Janelle at the house. Jim called a friend of his, James Christie, according to the Greeley Tribune, and James told the Matthews to call the police. At 10.15 p.m., Jim called the police to report Janelle missing. At around midnight, Gloria would call the house telling the family she had arrived in California. Jim would then break the news that Janelle was missing and the police were looking for her. Gloria would get on the next flight home. According to the Greeley Tribune, when the police arrived at the Matthews house, they found footprints in the snow outside that suggested someone was looking in one of the front windows. Aside from that, everything appeared normal, and there was no sign of a struggle. The police have vaguely mentioned that there are signs of foul play. This could be in reference to the footprints or something else that has never been released. We don't know. 
Considering there was no evidence to suggest she was murdered at the house or that there was even a struggle, the police regarded the incident as an abduction almost immediately. They do think she was eventually murdered, but they do not believe that that murder occurred in the home. Furthermore, they ruled out the possibility of her running away rather quickly. First, there was no motive. Jonelle had the occasional argument with her parents, but it was not even close to the point where she would have considered running away. Additionally, her only means would have been walking out of the house. But because there was a storm that night, it would have been odd for her to choose to run away when weather conditions were so severe. Also, according to Tom Weldy, the chief investigator at the Weld County District Attorney's Office, runaways usually come home within a couple of days. Jonelle did not. But most significantly, the police cannot imagine a 12-year-old girl, as smart as she was, pulling off her runaway for this long. If she were seen in public following her disappearance, someone would have noticed her. Not to mention that the entire staff of detectives at the Greeley Police Department, which included about 13 people at the time, were out looking for Janelle. The Denver Post also reported that during initial interviews and neighborhood canvassing, police learned that there was a black 1969 or 1970 car that no one recognized parked near Jonelle's home for several hours on the night of her disappearance. But police were able to identify the driver and eliminate him as a suspect. Detectives also learned that Jonelle was adopted, and they identified her birth mom as Terry Vieira Martinez. Detectives watched her home for six weeks, but saw nothing to prove she was involved in Jonelle's disappearance. They did not interview her because it was prohibited by adoption laws at the time, according to the Denver Post. Police also looked into and interviewed Jonelle's family, the teacher who called the home that night, the friend's parent who dropped her off after the concert, as well as many other people who had contact with her around the time she went missing. Unfortunately, nothing moved the case forward. According to reporter Mike Peters, some of those individuals have never been officially cleared. Other leads include a piece of a scalp found in Greeley that did not conclusively match Janelle, a woman in Florida who claimed to be Jonelle but wasn't, and bones found in a Greeley field that also proved not to be Janelle. These are among the thousands of leads that police investigated. Janelle's disappearance was a top priority in Greeley, to say the least, but it was also a top priority in the nation. She's the oldest case on file for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. She was one of the first missing children featured on milk cartons, and she was even mentioned by name in Ronald Reagan's speech to the National Newspaper Association on March 7, 1985. After exhausting most of their leads, the Greeley Police Department put out a $5,000 reward, and the search for her body, which was called the Rescue Jonelle Effort, was the largest search in Greeley's history at the time, according to the Denver Post. Nothing credible was found, and the case went cold. Until recently. On the 34th anniversary of her disappearance, which was this past December 20th, the Greeley Police Department announced that they were reopening the case. According to the Greeley Tribune, the police cited two main reasons for this decision. One, there have been recent advancements in forensic and scientific testing methods that were not available in the 1980s and therefore were not utilized in the initial investigation. The police will be looking into all possibilities as it relates to these new technologies. It is not clear which testing methods they are specifically referring to, but they could be referencing DNA comparisons through genealogy websites, 
touch DNA, or star mix, which is a mechanism for separating out multiple DNA profiles from one sample. Again, the police have not said which techniques inspired them to reopen the case, but there are a lot of promising possibilities. And two, due to new evidence, which they have not disclosed, the police believe there are people in the community who know something about her disappearance. Something has occurred between the 1984 investigation and now that has led the police to believe that someone knows something. They will be re-interviewing people, but they are also urging anyone who had communication with Jonelle in the time leading up to her disappearance to come forward. One thing to remember here is police departments do not release all of the evidence they have to the public. Therefore, you never know if some small, seemingly insignificant detail that you never told anyone could break the case. Additionally, police think that whoever is responsible for this would have likely exhibited a drastic change in attitude following the night Janelle went missing. This could be depression, anxiety, increased consumption of substances, or just any sort of odd behavior in the days following the disappearance. The Greeley Police Department is offering a cash reward for credible information in this case, even if it is offered by someone who has already been interviewed. If you know anything, big or small, you can call the Greeley Police at 970-351-5100. If you wish to report a tip anonymously, you can call the Northern Colorado Crime Stoppers at 800-222-8477. Thank you for listening to the Janelle Matthews story. Okay, so that was the Janelle Matthews story. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening to that because we know we kind of sounded a little bit not like ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very odd experience for all of us involved. Yes. Don't worry. It was fine. But we do hope that if you live in Colorado that you learned something about that case. And mm -hmm. seriously, if you do know anything, um, police are really looking into it right now and they're taking any information. I mean, like if you saw something that you think is stupid that right. no one will care about like tell them because you never exactly. know right and like cases get solved on just random information all the time so if you heard something or even if someone mentioned the case to you and it was kind of an odd mention um just report it to the police it doesn't do any harm to just say someone that you know said something odd um it's important because this case is so old and she was a little girl and she deserves justice so if you know anything contact your local crime stoppers or the police either one <laughs> or those numbers that we gave you yes. but um i mean there's a lot more to this case that we didn't include and yes. it's super interesting that we know y'all would like there's a <laughs> woman claiming to be jonelle matthews yes. and it's like there's just if you go there's on reddit some there's stuff. some good stuff so mm -hmm. we didn't include all of that because that'd be weird but um <laughs> you guys should go look into it it's so interesting absolutely and when we have the url for the website which will include all of these weird conspiracy theories yeah. that we just mentioned um we'll talk a little bit more about the scalp because i know it only gets a one sentence mention yeah. in here one of our friends um, is doing a whole article on the conspiracy yeah. theories so it'll be really good stuff so when we get the url we'll be sure to post it on our instagram page um in the description so you guys can just like click on it and go and check out all of our journalistic you can read work. our articles yeah i'm doing an article 
on the forensic testing methods because mm-hmm. I just want this to be like Golden State Killer solved. <laughs> so badly. Like it's genealogy. So <laughs> I like have asked everyone in this town about it and they're kind of yes. like, um, well, we don't have a full DNA sample, so no. But I'm like, but are you sure? Like, I'm still asking but about like, it. But like, have you checked the house again? Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can I go look? <laughs> I'll go swap the place. <laughs> but I mean, you never know because touch DNA, they could be, mm-hmm. I mean, that wasn't available. So, I mean, there's still hope that yes. for the genealogy thing. I don't know why that's so satisfying to me. It does, I mean, well, it, it could be solved yeah. in any way and I would be excited. But if it were solved that way, it'd be like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's just like it's such an epic new aspect of <laughs> yeah. um criminology and just like capturing bad guys so if it was solved like that and it was like justice in the new wave form of justice it it's would just, just be so satisfying it so i be. totally get what you're saying <laughs> um and then claire's doing some cool stuff too yeah so i am going to be creating an interactive digital timeline of all of the events that happened that night so it'll be a cool little thing that you can click on and look at pictures and descriptions (laughs) and stuff so um you know digital technology is just like I'm not very good at it so we're gonna try we're gonna try our best it's really like those like (laughs) infographic kind of things even though we've both taken classes about it it's Mm -hmm. just so hard (laughs) yes it's so tedious is really the way I would flyer appreciate it yeah just be like (laughs) I wonder how long it took to get the color scheme right for this (laughs) cmyk yeah right I know what that means isn't that a green no. <laughs> it's cyan, magenta, yellow, black. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Just journalism words. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, so this is like officially ruled as a murder case because um, like at the 10th anniversary. Not, I don't think it's official. But... It's not, yeah, it's not <clears throat> official official, but they kind of had a little memorial for her um, after the 10th anniversary. So she's still technically missing Um, but it's, you know, it's something that we don't talk about very much as missing persons cases, but they're active all over the United States. And it's just important to like pay attention to these people that are like just vanished. Yeah. Like you never know, like she could still be alive and you could be like sitting by her on the bus right now. Not that, not that that's a possibility, but but, like, I'm just saying it could be. And so it's, it's important to like know these cases and like Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, kind of be aware just because, you know, especially if you're in the community of Greeley, the police department has specifically said that they believe that her abductor slash killer is in the community still. Yes. So, I mean, if you live in Greeley, like, like you know, maybe inform yourself of everything and yeah. be aware. Or, like, mm-hmm. I mean, talk to your, like, parents or your, like, yes. uncles. Like, people, right. someone knows something. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a podcast called Someone Knows Something. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, there's no, you don't just do something like this and no one knows anything but you. Exactly. Like, that doesn't happen. So. No. People literally don't just vanish. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Something happened here and someone knows something. And it's a little girl so. who did nothing to anyone. Right. She's so adorable. and So cute. And she, like, she had just gotten her braces. She was in seventh grade. And she grade. put on her mom's slippers. Yes, that part, cute is When that? you said that, I was like, no. I know. Her mom's slippers. It's just <laughs> so, it's sad. so sad. Um, but, yeah, so we're glad that you guys listened to this short little brief extra episode with Wait, us. Wait, should we say, should we um, say maybe each of us something we didn't include that we think is really interesting about the case? Okay. Okay, do you have yeah. any off the top of your head? Um... 
Oh, okay. Well, um, so we talked to the um, lead investigator, like, today. Detective. <laughs> yeah. The lead detective, sorry. Um, I get this to mess up all the time. It's so annoying. Um, but he said, and this was something that I was interested in, was just, like, finding her body because it hasn't been found yet. And so he said that they've utilized, um, like, canines and um, underground radar, um, which is called a necro search. And they wouldn't tell us if they were officially using any other new technology to try to find her body. But that makes me kind of interested to think that they're trying to find it. Because these no-body cases, especially when there isn't a very solid suspect, can kind of be difficult to prosecute. So if they find her body, and they also said that they have a very clear set of DNA from Janelle. So if they were to find her body, they would be able to identify it almost immediately. So it's, I think it'll be really interesting to see if anything does come of their searches if they are, in fact, searching. Yeah, um. I know. You never know when you're doing an interview with law enforcement if yeah. they're like, throwing you a bone or if they're yeah, just if like they're messing like, with you like <laughs> no not, not like intentionally you know but just right like, but they can't disclose everything they like so. have to speak to you in a specific way and mm-hmm. sometimes i mean they're being it's like it's totally innocent but it'll come off in a way where we'll read into it like like what oh but i mean they really were just saying it that way and it yeah, means nothing right? exactly. but it could mean that they're Something. like doing some cool searching thing right yeah and they're like searching in a new location that has been disclosed or something yeah so we don't know really what's going on but i just thought it was interesting that he um had basically confirmed that they had used all of these different technologies and the possibility that they were continuing is very much a possibility so um that was kind of exciting for me but tell me about yours randy okay so this kind of when we were in our interview earlier today this kind of came <clears throat> sorry i'm like sick i have to, like <laughs> pause. <a> sinus infection <laughs> <clears throat> i like don't feel sick but this cough is annoying the crap out of me um <laughs> so we this kind of like came he like mentioned in our interview today oh she's the oldest case on file for nick mick which is the national center for missing and exploited children and he just casually said like oh we presented the case to them last year and i was like well, what oh my god and, and then i was like tell me all about it and we were able to learn that um him detective cash the lead mm-hmm. detective and tom weldy the chief investigator at the da's office and Robert Miller, the assistant the district DNA. attorney, yeah. <laughs> um, those three people went to Virginia and had apparently Nick Mick does these like two day workshopping things where they bring in like the FBI, the behavioral analysis unit, um, VICAP and like mm-hmm. just all these really cool all these people. experts and yeah. they you bring your case to them and present it and then everyone just brainstorms it for like two days like all these experts and I just Mm want to be a fly on the wall in that room (laughs) so bad but um they said that they they got ideas from that two-day workshop which occurred in January of 2018 that are definitely pushing the case forward so I just think that's so exciting like because when they reopened it in December my I mean I following cold cases and like Golden State Killer and April Tinsley and all these Mm -hmm. cases that are breaking recently, these cold cases from like the genealogy stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, it has to be the genealogy thing. Cause like, Uh I feel like if you open a cold case now, that like that's what everyone's (laughs) going to think. The season of justice with the Mm -hmm. genealogy stuff. But I'm actually, I don't know if that's really the case here. I think that they just, it's just kind of the timing coincided, but Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to learn that 
it's not just reopened because for the sake of reopening it, but like things right. are really happening and there's a real possibility of finding a suspect and prosecuting him. Right. And also the detective <laughs> said him yes. when talking about a suspect. They confirmed the yeah. gender. I don't of know their... if he meant to do that or not. Yes, but he, but did, he did say it. <laughs> um, and then he reiterated it several more yeah. times afterwards. So the fact that we know the gender of the person eliminates. Or not the person, but the, su- the they suspect. have a suspect yes. that they're into. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is not confirmed or um, as the actual like person of interest yeah. in this um, instance, but they are looking into this person pretty heavily um, and it's a he. So we do yeah. know that. Which I mean, isn't surprising. That's who I, no. I mean, I would have bet a thousand dollars it was a he, but. Right. But like also they, um, they looked into her family as well. And her mom was also someone that they had looked yeah. into, but obviously she wasn't in the state at the time. Um, so I don't know. It could have been some orchestrated thing, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Right. And um, they also said there's like no indication that it's like a weird serial killer just happened mm-hmm. to kill her or like a sex, sex trafficking or yeah. human trafficking. Mm-hmm. They think that it's someone who Knew was her. close to her. And they yeah. said that like up like in the upwards of the 90th percentile in terms mm-hmm. of missing children cases, it's people who know them. So absolutely. Um, Which is, you know, a known statistic. And yeah, uh, but when you think about that percentile yeah. is like know, shocking. It's so nuts. Like that's a huge percentage. 90 percent. He said upward and the upwards yeah, of 90 yeah, percent. Exactly. So it's just yeah. a lot. And, um, you know, it makes it even juicier because we have the names of all of the people who were associated with her. That yeah, like night. one of them did it. Yes. One of them did it. And um, it would just be really cool to see this case solved. This, I know. Like while we're still in this final semester of school. So do you want to put like, some guesses out there so that if it's if we get it right, we feel really satisfied yes, later? Um, absolutely. OK. On this count of three, because I think we're going to say the same person. Yeah. One, two, three. Friend Russell who drove Ross. her home. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Russell Ross? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, not to slander Russell Ross, no, but not I, at all. I mean, um, but that's someone that I think we, that's who they're looking into. <laughs> yes. That would kind of make sense. Um. So, yeah, not to confirm or deny that because we obviously don't know. Um, but I think he's probably one of the people at least I would look into first. And um, they also said in the interview we did with them that this person was questioned originally, but he wasn't questioned to the extreme. So, like, they hadn't really scrutinized him enough. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, we're just glad that we got to tell you guys about this as yeah. well and got to use our platform to kind of advocate for Janelle and her case as well. Well, I think that a lot of times, especially in true crime, and we're 1,000% guilty of this, is we just like talking about it because it's interesting and it's like juicy yeah. and like, ooh, like d- so fun. I don't know. It's just like <laughs> cool. It's just good. You know, it's good story stuff. Yeah. Know? And then, I mean, obviously, like women in general enjoy mm-hmm. talking about it because we're always the victims of these yeah, crimes. Yeah, so it's like... Let's so, talk about how much that sucks. Yeah, so we, it's just kind of like comforting to talk about it because mm-hmm. you can kind of like, you know, okay, well, that's what that person did. I'm not going to do that. You know, yeah, so right? it's like while you're entertained, you're mm-hmm. also kind of like learning stuff. Exactly. But we usually do it in that realm and it's fun to kind of do it in a way that's mm-hmm. like purposeful because yeah. if it's an unsolved missing case, like we can actually like, like maybe tell someone about it, it who yeah. didn't know about it. So yeah, that feels good. Mm-hmm. I cannot talk. I'm so annoying. So we're going to say... We're going to stop talking We're going to stop talking because Randy is going to lose her voice and we have stuff to do tomorrow. We do. (laughs) Um, So thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Bye.